You're listening to the Anomalous Podcast Network. Multiple voices, one phenomenon. How's it going? Welcome back to the channel. Um, it's good to see everybody here. Before we start and bring on, bring on my guest, we have some great news today. So we've got the subcommittee of the House Intelligence Committee holding hearings next week. So we've got Ronald Moultrie, Under Secretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, who also oversees the AOIMSG group. Um, and also Scott Bray, Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence. They're going to testify at the hearings. Uh, I'm going to be joining Sean Rush over on his channel, and we're going to do a live watch-along where we'll be all be watching and we can talk about it as it's happening. So um, look out for all those links. I think Sean's put one up on his channel already. So, yeah, exciting stuff. You know, I am tempering my expectations a little bit, but it's certainly a, a good step in the right direction. So, um, yeah. Good news. So without any further ado, let's bring on my guest. I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation. Um, for anyone that's seen A Tear in the Sky, you'll know that it was an absolutely fantastic documentary. So without further ado, uh, please welcome Caroline Corey. Caroline, welcome. Hey, Vinny. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. My pleasure. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Um, I'm really excited and looking forward to this conversation. Same here. Very excited. <laughs> Excellent. First of all, I have to say congratulations on the documentary. It was absolutely amazing. And the success that, that it's had already in such a short amount of time, you must be really happy. I'm very happy. Look, we're, we made number two on the iTunes charge on the first day. Normally, you know, you climb up over several days. So that was incredible. We're still in the top four, I think. And uh, also the attention we're getting from the mainstream uh, is very exciting for me because that's the point of making films, you know, so uh, and the buzz, uh, you know, on social media. So we're I'm very, very excited. The reviews have been amazing. You know, there's always a couple of people who don't like you no matter what you do, <laughs> yeah. you know, but in general, it's been very, very amazing so far. So thanks to everyone that's been uh, watching and supporting. That's great, thank you. Now we will, obviously we're here to talk about the documentary, but I thought it'd be good to get a bit of background on you first, if you don't mind. So um, I read somewhere that you had some experiences as a child, uh, numerous extrasensory and precognition experiences. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, in fact, that's very relevant to the conversation because that's how I started out. I was five years old and I had a spontaneous experience where I started to see these beings, you know, and we would like communicate. Um, and so I kind of understood at a very young age that I was able to see subtle energy beyond the normal visual spectrum. And there was something else beyond, you know, the physical world. And so 
Of course, people ask me, did you tell your parents? I didn't tell anybody because I didn't think it was special. I didn't think I was special. Uh, I thought, oh, everybody does that. That is the normal thing. And so, um, but what happened from that experience is it got me thinking, how is it possible that you're just minding your own business and all of a sudden you can see things, you can feel things. I would see things that was going to happen to someone the next day and it would happen. I would see things on the other side of the wall or, you know, things like that. And so that, that sort of, these sorts of experiences and uh, questioning got me in the field of consciousness because I knew it was about consciousness, the mechanics of consciousness. Uh, of course, in college, I wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy. So I went to school to study psychology. And, you know, of course you go through, maybe I'm schizophrenic, maybe this, maybe, of course, nothing was wrong with me, but it was a good exercise to have that academic background you know, um, but I, I understood even more. It had to do with consciousness with, you know, and so even though we don't really understand uh, still what that is and how it works, but I spent 20 years uh, researching, understanding, having experiences, seeing things, and getting validation after validation after validation, working with hundreds of people from around the world that there is something going on, uh, even though we can only see the physical world and experience the physical world, there is a whole other world <laughs> that we are part of. Uh, you know, the fact that science can't tell us what it is or how it works, it doesn't mean it's not there. And so after uh, spending all this time teaching and writing books and working again with so many people and having validation, I thought, okay, uh, we're not all crazy. Uh, we are seeing these things. We are measuring these things. I need to go out and make films because film is more accessible, you know, to a lot of people. Not everybody wants to go and read books and, you know. And so I started making films on these paranormal subjects. And I realized that really my work as a filmmaker is to make the paranormal normal. And so the way to do that is to bring science, you know, as much as science as you can, you know, obviously. Because Newtonian science doesn't apply. And so that's what I've been doing with all my films. That's literally my signature. That's fantastic. Thank you. And I think you've made, is it, am I right in saying you made four films prior to A Tear in the Sky? Documentaries, yes. Documentaries, but yeah. Yeah, but I've made other films as well. Uh, but in this genre and for that sort of audience, if you will, uh, yes, this is the fourth one. And pretty much the biggest one you know you've watched it it's a pretty big production a big deal um yeah but along the same line trying to uh bring some sort of science to a what we think is a paranormal subject excellent so if we could just quickly give us a brief synopsis of each of those previous documentaries starting with superhuman 
Yeah, so superhuman was uh, actually, I, I'm still very pleasantly surprised at the uh, success it's having. It is about the connection between mind and matter, basically, consciousness and the physical world. And, you know, a lot of people think that there's no evidence. There's a ton of evidence. If you really look into it, there's a lot of scientific research and experiments that were done to demonstrate not so much what consciousness is, because consciousness itself is not measurable, but the effect of consciousness, the interaction of consciousness and the physical world. So, for example, I can see something remotely uh, and, and then it turns out to be accurate. How does that work? You know, so my mind has interacted with the physical world and was able to retrieve the information um, without physical contact. Uh, if I am able to move an object, telekinesis, uh, or, or see with blindfolds on behind my head, behind my back, how does that work? And so this film in Superhuman, again, because I wanted to bring science you know, I show a lot of experiments live on camera, uh, you know, with measurable controls. For example, can I uh, change, interact with water and change the pH of water, the molecular structure of water? Is that possible? Of course. So we put it in the lab. We do control, you know, over several days, several hours before, then exactly at the time that you're focusing on the water, the pH, you know, jumps or whatever, but then you do it again and you do it again. And so when you get this type of time correlation over and over, these are scientific results. We still don't know how, <laughs> we still don't, but, but we are getting these measurable results. So superhuman is all about this, you know, how our consciousness is capable, is entangled uh, and is capable of uh, manifesting, altering physical reality. That's amazing. And I think it's always really good to try and bring a scientific aspect to things that maybe, you know, not in the mainstream side of, uh, or the nuts and bolts side of the subject. So that's really interesting. Um, if you could just give us a brief uh, rundown of Among Us. Uh, Among Us was uh, also an ET contact. They're the same. It's a different version of the same. It's, it's, it's about contact with uh, extraterrestrial or non-human entity. But it could, it could also be like an angel, you know, anything that's non-physical, non-human. And that is, uh, as I was saying, it's based on my personal experiences too, so I know it's real. Um, and also because through my work, I've come across uh, many people and we've done a lot of regression sessions. So I was able to see how they were interacting with all sorts of non-human entities. So that's what those films are about. And um, also um, to show the variety of interactions it's it's, it's not always um you know sometimes it's literally a physical contact sometimes it's interdimensional sometimes it's some sort of projection sometimes it's abductions i mean it's it's a whole range you know and so that's what those films are, um, are about and does that include the other one that i was going to mention et contact yeah that falls in the in the same category 
same category and also like it goes it talks about the contact so for example we also cover like crop circles is is this is this a contact and the thing is in my movies i don't come to one conclusion i mean the one conclusion that i come to is there is something there this is real i'm convinced because look at this 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 and that but you have to kind of decide what you make of it or you know so um so we, we, you know, I kind of bring different angles to the topic to allow the viewer to come to their own conclusions. There's just like a huge amount of evidence if you really, really look into the subject. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I certainly will be going back and watching all of those documentaries. But let's let's bring it up to date with a tear in the sky. How, how did this one come about and what made you really want to go down that path with, you know, Tic Tacs and, and, and that sort of thing? Actually, it was kind of kind of an accident. I mean, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, uh, not really a coincidence because you know how that goes. But um, so originally, I was going to do the sequel of Superhuman, and all of a sudden, it was like two years ago. It was before Christmas. I I just had this kind of inspiration, if you will, like, no, just go out and do a UFO film. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I've seen them. I had so many experiences, so I know. And I'm like, I don't know. And then it was like, no, just go and do it. It was so strong, this pull. And Superhuman was doing very well. I thought, well, let's just see how far that goes. And anyway, so uh, Vinny, between December and March, those who know filmmaking, pre-production, I mean, within like these four months, we had the storyline, we had the people, the team, uh, the location, the budget, everything kind of came together. And uh, by July, we were filming. Uh, by August, September, we were in post-production. So this is lightning speed for those who know <laughs> filmmaking. So something must have, um, you know, been assisting, I want to say, or whatever, you know, I'm just like, it was so strongly go out and do this. And so originally it wasn't necessarily the Tic Tacs, okay. but when I met Kevin Day and I spoke with him the first time and he told me his story and he's incredible in the movie, as you know, um, you know, I, and the more, we we went out there and captured things that we saw because we went to the same location. Um, so we started to see some some similarities, and it was like what? And so so it kind of the story kind of morphed into we were actually going back to to do that, you know, to to retell their story and see if we can recreate that story. And it's exactly what happened. Same with the title of the film. When I had, uh, you know, that idea, you know, two years ago, I am fascinated with not so much the UFO itself or the technology it's using, whatever that is, but what is the universal law? What, like, how does the universe work? Is it the fabric of space-time? Is it some sort of anomaly, you know, that we don't understand if physics anomaly? I'm fascinated by that. It's more like the mechanics of, of the, the mysteries of the universe mechanics. And so 
I always think that there are specific notes, well, that's a whole different conversation and theory, but, but in general, I, I feel there are nodes within our space-time fabric that allow certain things to happen, the warping of light. So we see something we don't see, uh, the warping of the magnetic field and so on and so forth uh, that allow, you know, this instant happening and it's not happening. So, so I am curious about these nodes, like what is the universe? How does that work? And so I called it, I didn't want to call it node in the sky. You know, it sounds kind of not very sexy. So, so I just came out with the, you know, with the, with the title, a tear in the sky. And that was two years ago. And as you know, you saw the film at the end, we discover something in the sky. Yeah. So, uh, which is also a first. Yeah, absolutely. It's fascinating. And I, everyone should go and watch it. And there may be a couple of spoilers. We can talk about some of the things that happened. Um, just a little FYI for anybody who's watching or listening now. If you don't want to run the risk of uh, spoiling it, yeah, maybe go and watch it and then come back. That'd be good. Um, so you said there how it logistically it all kind of fitted together. Um, so was it was it quite the same when you were choosing the locations and getting all the equipment together and all things like that? Yeah. So again, uh, as we went along, the more we kind of went into the production, the more we realized we were actually retelling that story and trying to recapture it, like I was saying. And so when we were looking at the location, it made sense, you know, where are we going to go? You know, I mean, of course, there are so many places I know of, I'm sure you do too, that we could have gone, you know, Utah, I have another location, you know, in Northern Oregon. And so, but as we, you know, we said, wait a minute, your boat was on the Catalina channel, not just yours, but also the USS Omaha, the USS Kid, that also reported similar, uh, those swarms of Tic Tacs. There's something there. <laughs> and yeah. other than what the Navy has been telling us, um, also, there are many, many reports. I mean, we went back. I didn't include that in the movie. But we, we went back and researched um, what's been happening there since the 1960s. People seeing things, you know, now it's uh, in books and... Um, um, I think a journalist um, on the island wrote a whole book on uh, these sightings. So, so there is history there. And because this is where these guys were on the ship, of course, it made sense. Let's just go back there and see if we can recreate it. And we did. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, now, the investigation, am I right in saying it was a five-day investigation? Yeah. Originally, we, wa we wanted to do 10 days. And, and then I was like, okay, uh, we've never done this before. You have never done this before. Cause I stumbled on the group, which was another, uh, kind of interesting story there. Um, and so we've never done it with that amount of equipment. You know, it's like, it was really a first from all angles and just to go out for 10 days. Yeah. Of course you want to kind of have the the longest amount of time to have the you know the, the biggest probability of capturing something but then the budget was <laughs> and of course I'm funding this you know I have a couple of sponsors here and there but for smaller things and uh I said you know what let since this is a first let's just do five days and see how it goes and then if we're worst case scenario we can always 
see if we can, you know, extend it. And sure enough, in these five days, I mean, I was shocked at the amount of stuff we got. I mean, first of all, uh, you know, the typical orbs and things, but the type of things that we got is very unusual. I mean, you saw in the film, uh, other than the ones that look like a Tic Tac because they go against the wind and things like that. But we captured things that I've never seen anywhere. Like those things, uh, you know, kind of raining down. Uh, If you really look at now... I just kind of a side note for those who are listening. This is a movie, okay? So we have not tampered with any of the footage. It's it's the raw footage that came, you know. Uh, we have not changed any of the data. That is 100% as we captured it as accurate as possible. But in terms of adding details, you know, I mean, like people are watching. Uh, I actually had a lot more information and my distributor and some people said it's too much science like you're going to lose it's too much detail it's too brainy you know so so we tried to put as much information scientific scientific information about these captures without you know kind of losing the the viewer you know so people need to keep that in mind so we have the authentic footage with with some detail but there's a lot more that is still being investigated and so some of the things are crazy i mean the stuff that's raining down tell me where have you found anything like this before you know yeah and and that last thing that is opening and closing with things you know popping out of it you know i'm spoiling the whole thing but you know even if i do people still need to watch it this is absolutely they need to see it yeah. And so so in those five days, I was shocked at not just the, the amount, but the type of anomalies that we captured that I was like, oh, this is definitely a first, you know, a film. So so we left it at five days. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. I guess the pressure eased off once you started seeing things and knew that it was happening. Uh, and you mentioned other things raining down in the sky. And, and obviously that's what we heard from Kevin Day from back in 2004 on board the Nimitz that he had seen these things on radar just popping out of the sky and dropping down. You know, so it was, it was almost like an identical thing happening all over again, which was just fascinating. So, yeah. Um, what I was going to ask next is obviously the data, scientific data is still being analyzed. And, and I think we start seeing some of that analysis coming out in the, in the coming months. Um, but if you had to speculate uh, specifically about the, the object, the thing we saw in the sky at the end, what would you speculate that it could be? Could it be a portal? I definitely think it's some sort of portal, some sort of opening, because, uh, and again, I, I mean, people are going to have to see what the sign up. Now, again, a side note, we're dealing with scientists that are not some bold scientists, hardcore yeah. science. They're not you know, woo-woo scientists like who looked into, you know, not because I talk about consciousness that these, in fact, I couldn't talk about any of that with them. (laughs) Like, this is hardcore science. Don't talk to us about anything else. And that's important. In fact, it was exactly what we needed because 
they studied the heck out of it. I mean, they're not going to go out, look at something and say, oh, we found a wormhole. I mean, that's like their whole career would collapse overnight. So people need to remember that. So they, they looked at it in so many ways. Could it be this? Could it be that? Could it be whatever? Maybe it's a, maybe it's a solar flare of some sort or some, something. And nothing's checking out. Like nothing is making sense. And so um, the fact also that these were reflective objects that were um, captured and measured makes you think, oh, wait, like, so how come it's a cluster of actual objects that seem to be there and not be there? And in fact, after that whole thing closes, there's a few, but there's one that's really visible that pops out of it. Yeah. And, uh, and this is the radar is telling us this is a reflective object about this size. So, I mean, it has to be something if it is radiation or if it is, if it is a, some sort of, an, and then people who think, oh, it's a camera malfunction. No, we had control right before, right after, for days, the same angle, the same everything. Um, also, um, if it is a, some sort of a radiation that we don't quite, whatever. Uh, radiation, so we have the camera, right? So radiation is going to blast everywhere. It's not going to, <laughs> it's not going to be like, oh, let me just like send a thing like right there. And then, so yes, I think that's what we found. Excellent. Whether, yeah. Whether it's a portal, like in the sense of a terror in the sky, or is it some sort of anomaly, the atmosphere, an atmospheric anomaly that allows a sort of opening, whatever that is, it is definitely an opening. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it could, it, it, I mean, uh, it could possibly be a uh, inter interdimensional tunnel or a wormhole of some sort. So, Again, another speculative question, but if you had to hazard a guess, what do you think these others represent? Could they be extraterrestrial, interdimensional? Do you think they've been here all along? Or do you think it's a combination of possibly all of those different things? Yes, I'm more and more convinced. The more I study the phenomenon, the more I have experiences and the more I work with other people who have these experiences, and especially after this film, I'm 100% convinced that it's definitely not one thing. You know, we really want it to be one thing. We want the government to come out and tell us, hey, you know, we've been talking to ETs and blah, blah, blah. Or, or uh, it is just a black project or something. It depends. I mean, we've captured things that I can tell you I'm 100% convinced this is a, a U.S. Oh, oops. Uh, okay. Human technology, very advanced technology. Um, and um, drone-like technology that, that exists. Uh, and of course, they're not going to talk about it because it is a black project. Uh, but some of the other things that we captured uh, that morph, that are more light-like, you know, as opposed to solid, you know, yeah. drone-like, that morph and do things uh, also... Whether people believe it or not, 
I don't care, honestly, at this point, it's like, uh, there is a connection. It's almost like you see this, this sort of light that, that, um, that morphs into another shape that of course is behaving totally strangely. And then you have some sort of interaction with it and then it disappears. Those types of things, I, it is, it is extraterrestrial humans aren't, Humans don't even know what consciousness is, you know, like, or how the mind works. They don't know how the brain works. They don't know how the universe works. So for them to come up with a technology like this, uh, no. No, I agree completely. I do think that some of this definitely represents a, a non-human intelligence. It's just a case of who are they? Where are they from? What do they want? I think I like to think we'll get the answers at some point. Um, so you mentioned the government there and, and you believe that they, do you believe they know what these things are or have some, more of an idea than they're telling us? Oh, definitely. hundred percent. And also Vinny, think about this. We went out for five days, right? Five days with very sophisticated equipment. I mean, there's some equipment that's normal, you know, like the regular CCD cameras, the regular night vision, even though they're very military grade night vision. But also we had FLIR cameras. I mean, each camera is like $50,000. We had like eight of those. We had spectrum analyzers. We had magnetometers. We had radiation detectors. We, had, I mean, we had a very sophisticated, um, and we only show a few, I mean, we, show, we showed quite a bit, but again, this is a film. I mean, like we had uh, a lot of uh, all sorts of, detection devices right so that is also from a civilian point of view it's it's pretty crazy right and so but we did that in five days and we were able to capture hundreds of hours of data and what's only what's in the film is pretty crazy stuff you know it's the typical orbs and things like that but also the raining things and this opening and the you know so so think about this if in five days we civilians were able to capture this imagine what the government has with their satellites and their you know like they have 24 7 you know satellites and and radars and different types of radars you know it's, if anything, the movie proves that the government must have a load yeah. of, of stuff. Don't you Absolutely. think? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, how could they not really with such high-tech advanced equipment, you know, billions and billions of dollars worth? It, it does make absolute sense that that would be the case. So, yeah, completely agree. Um, now, after all was said and done and you'd been and, and you were in sort of post-production, did you ever get an urge to or, or has it crept in since about possibly going back and doing any kind of follow-up investigations oh my god we have to we have to we have to first of all um you know because scientifically you know whatever you do you want it to be repeatable you want to kind of again create more correlations with before and after and time and so we have to uh, I, we have many plans. And also, because this was a first, uh, we learned a lot. So so the next one is even going to be better and even more accurate because, you know, we're going to get rid of the things that didn't work and the things that did work, you know, we're going to make it even 
more precise and better. So definitely. And we have several thoughts and ideas, sorry, uh, of, of how that's going to come about for sure. Wow, that's really good to hear. Um, and do you, do you think it'll be like a tear in the sky 2.0, just like a an advanced version, or or, or do you think you'll uh, maybe do a, a different route? Uh, well, I, I don't know, like right now. So, but we'll see what happens. But it's definitely based on the first one, you know, this one, uh, yeah. just because of again the type of data that we collected is just so different and so you know so it's so it's definitely should have some sort of basis there yeah and do you think that we may i mean people always talk about getting disclosure do you think disclosure is more likely to come from these civilian efforts rather than sort of waiting for the government to say what they know oh a thousand percent i mean obviously we are the first group civilian group that's put out more data than the government where is the where is the data that the government is giving us? Oh yeah yeah yeah, they gave us this nine page report saying it's inconclusive. Give us more money, we'll tell you what it is. Okay, no, so that that doesn't doesn't work, and um, so that's why I wonder if what we are doing and what we're putting out there, um, my film, other people as well. Um, I wonder if that's not what's going to trigger more uh, of that sort of disclosure from the government, because after everybody says this is a tic tac, these are all Navy officers, then they came out and said, yes, 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 it's real. And then the other ships as well. Uh, and now more recently, uh, everybody's talking about abduction and everybody thinks we're crazy. And now the 1500 page report, you know, from the Pentagon telling us, oh, yeah, 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 there is a radiation effect. Uh, you can get uh, pregnant without any reason coming in contact with these things. Uh, there are abduction reports and nightmares. What? This is, you know, this is the government telling us that uh, they have reports on such things government and alien abduction in the same sentence like something is happening and i think it's because of us because we keep putting this stuff out there so that's why i'm very hopeful with this film and with everybody else who's in the research who keeps putting this information out there we're gonna get to some sort of disclosure because we're already ahead of them yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more um I think the civilians are really ramping it up as far as these kind of projects go, and hopefully we will get get more. I really just want to give a shout out to Tyler at Contact Tour. Really good to see you, my friends. He says, Vinny and Caroline, thank you for your dedication and commitment to this subject. Looking forward to disclosure on the near horizon. Truly an incredible time to be alive, witnessing this paradigm shift for our human family. Thank you so much, Tyler. Thank you for the donation. It's much appreciated. Um, that's so true though you know it, i think it does feel like we're on the horizon or, or we're, we're, the paradigm shift is coming is that something that you've felt over the years that we, we were getting towards yes definitely and i think my whole life path has been uh towards that i mean like i said my whole type the type of work that i've been doing uh is literally to support that and to really keep bringing the information that would help awaken humanity to 
first of all, who we are. I mean, how we fit in the bigger picture and what is the bigger picture, you know, because I think when we start to answer these questions as to what the bigger picture really is, this is when we start resolving our problems, you see, because you have a larger perspective you know, you have a bird's eye view of, oh, I'm struggling this with money and with, uh, you know, relationship and houses, whatever, you know, all these things. But we're not looking at the bigger picture. We are here to contribute to the evolution of humanity, you know, the raising that consciousness. So our, our daily life changes when you look at it from that perspective. You start to create things you start to align with career with relationships you with with things that move you in that direction and when you do your daily life your human life starts to be aligned if you will with the bigger with humanity's evolution path and it starts to be purposeful number one you start to be more successful because you're in alignment you're not going against it you know and you start to find happiness. Isn't this what this is about? Are we here to struggle and, you know, be like uh, prisoners of a, you know, prison planet? And I don't think so. So that's why that bigger picture is so important to me. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, what, what, how do you deal with people like uh, maybe family or friends who don't sort of see this bigger picture who maybe give a bit of pushback on, on, on think, oh, wait. Well, talking about that again because i certainly see it in my life and how do you deal with people that aren't quite on the same level as, as people like us yes uh there are plenty of those um pretty much still most of the planet less and less uh because now it's interesting i mean this it may seem like it has nothing to do with it but like for example take the pandemic okay it, it, it seems like there's no connection but what it did on one level is wake people up to wait tomorrow you could be dead okay anybody could be dead and so just that sort of kind of kick in the butt you know type thing starts to make you think wait let me focus on the now let me focus on who i am let me focus on what i'm here to do what's important to me what's important to me is you know my family my kids or whatever so when that happens you know, you start to be more open and allowing. It's like, you know, what's the th important things in life are these deeper subjects, right? And so because of that, I think it's connected to the idea, I'm going to be more open. Hey, if this guy thinks there are UFOs and they're talking to extraterrestrials and they're happy with it, that's, you know, you, because you, you're starting to think of what's important to you. That's important yeah. to them. I'm going to respect that. You know, so so I feel we're in a different time right now where people are more allowing, more open. And um, and so before I used to. Oh, my God. I didn't talk about this forever. And now I meet people at the gym and they tell me, what do you do before? I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything because it's like I just met this guy or whatever. And, uh, and now like, oh, I make documentaries on what, uh, paranormal stuff, UFOs. And so like, they'd be like, well, that's interesting. You know, I did hear on the news, uh, about this, you know, that has totally changed. Yeah. So I recommend that people not worry about this anymore. 
just be yourself and you don't have to make it like conspiracy like you know you don't have to make it like government blah 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 just talk about what you believe in and i think the world is much more open right now i agree agree again uh the same sort of thing happened to me you know i was i was researching for about a decade but quietly in the shadows didn't speak to anybody and then you know the last couple of years things changed in the world and it did make me reevaluate so you know i came out of that everywhere across all social medias with a youtube channel just talking to everybody and not being afraid of it and it's it's made me a happier person that's for sure so yeah completely agree with that outlook yeah because you because you're freer you're just speaking your truth you're letting go of expectations but that's what everybody's doing you know, we're in a survival mode. What's going to make me happy right now is it's okay if that's going to make the other person happy. So it's definitely the time. And I really, really encourage people to just be themselves and not worry about anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I could not do this interview without asking you about your friendship with William Shatner. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was amazing that he was in the documentary and Michio Kaku as well. So at first, I guess, how, how did uh, how did you meet William Shatner? Is this a friendship that's been going on for a while? Uh, I'd just love to know. It's not that we're friends. We just met, you know, at different projects, you know. Uh, okay. So it's, it's not like we're best friends or something. <laughs> um, but we're, you know, so, so, and also we're on one of the same show, History Channel show. So, so, but originally, you know, it was kind of a fluke because we were fine. We already had Kaku, which I really, Kaku, oh my God, he is the best to interview. <laughs> He's the best to interview. Not only he's smart, but he's eloquent and he gives you like bites. You know, I'm a film director. So it's like, oh my God, he's like, that was perfect. That was perfect. He's a pleasure. So we already had him and it was more at the end. um, Can how, what else can we do to bring this a little bit more to the mainstream? This is an opportunity. We're bringing science. So why not? And so we were talking and then uh, I don't know how I said, well, I know William Shatner, you know, like that. And we thought, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> space travel, sci-fi, you know, we're doing science. Let's see if we can tie this in together. And but, you know, it doesn't matter how friends you are or, you know, someone you still have to go through the proper channels to get somebody of that caliber yeah. to be on your show. I mean, come on. He is a legend you know, and so you still have to go through the management and this and that. And, and so I thought, Hey, if it works great, if not, not meant to be. And sure enough, within like three, four days, he was on board. So again, it's another, another thing where things just fell into place. Uh, I had a sponsor, you know, who helped with, you know, all the financial aspects and stuff so um because it was getting a bit (laughs) too much (laughs) for me to handle and uh and before we knew it he was he was on board it was incredible and we had a blast me and my crew interviewing him oh my god it was such a blast he's he's so funny entertaining brilliant um and I mean, it was purposeful. He He's not a scientist. We didn't bring him to tell us about the science. We brought him to tell us from that perspective, you know, 
from the sci-fi world perspective, from the he's fascinated with the mysteries. You know, he with the mysteries of the mind, actually, he's more into consciousness stuff, believe it or not. And so that was a great balance, you know, to just bring uh, just his reaction to what it was that we were doing. It was great to see. And I, it did look like, you know, he was a wonderful guy to talk to and sit down with. Um, and yeah, I mean, he is just a legend, as you say. So he's only going to benefit any kind of production. So yeah, completely agree. Um, well, before, before I let you go, if you could just tell us what is next for, for Caroline Corey. Yeah. You know, it, it's crazy Vinny, but I always have like three or four projects in my <laughs> head at any point in time. I don't know when I can get to the, to the next one. Um, so I definitely have uh, a sequel of this, but I also have other projects always along the same lines, I think, because I feel no filmmaker is doing that sort of approach. Um, and so, so I have a few projects along the same lines. One of them is going to blow your mind, but let's keep it right now, like just a kind of a little teaser. Um, but I'm ready to go, man. We, we, want, we want people to watch this to support the effort of what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring credibility. We're trying to bring data. We're trying to, in, a, in an entertaining way, in, in a, you know, so, so then they don't feel weird about sharing it with their friends. They don't go like, oh, it's like a conspiracy, you know, weird. And no, no, it's, it's a fun, very uh, educational um, and important in the field of ufology. And so that's the reason why we really, really hope that the public will uh, support us so that we can continue making more of these films and even go to the next level and to the next level every time. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, I'm just going to give a shout out to, this is actually my brother. I have an identical twin brother and he's here. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, bro. He says, have a coffee on me, bro. Appreciate all the hard work you do. And I'm lucky enough to see it up close. Oh, that's nice. Aww, thank you, bro. Hi, <laughs> I really appreciate that. Well, Caroline, again, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a wonderful conversation. Um, congratulations again on the success of the documentary. To anybody watching, listening, I highly recommend you go and check it out. It's it's a great, it's so up to date. It's what's needed right now with the scientific study. Um, one last thing, Caroline, um, I have got all your links and stuff in the description of this video, but for anyone that will listen to this in the future on audio only, where can people find you? The best way to, to do this is just to go to the website, etereinthesky.com, because they'll see the links to where you can purchase it in whatever country you are. You know, it's on Amazon, iTunes, Vimeo, everywhere, but different countries have different platforms. So etereinthesky.com. And also like on all the social medias, you know, it's like uh, we have to. <laughs> I don't know if that's my favorite thing to do, but we have to when we are uh, putting up work like this. Absolutely. Um, and for everyone um, who's going to come back to this channel in the future, I will be back hopefully this weekend uh, with Ralph Blumenthal. We're just trying to hash out a particular time. Then next week, I'm going to be live with Chris Leto. Um, towards the end of next week, I have my science panel with Kevin Knuth, Gary Nolan, Michael Masters and Rich Hoffman. But if you follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you can see all my updates and, and everything there. But for now, everyone, thank you so much for watching. Thank you again, Caroline, and we'll see you soon. Thanks so much. Take care.